This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hitting the record button on another grassroots marketing on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. Joining me right now on the line is the senior director at CAN, which is a cannabis-infused social tonic brand. And CAN has sought to command an exceptional understanding of cannabis retail conditions, the best account-based marketing strategies for establishing shelf dominance at dispensaries. And with that, they have put together a case study called How CAN Pioneered a, tech, a Tech-Driven Path in an Uncharted Industry and so we're going to go and talk about right now with the senior director, Sebastian Richard. Sebastian, thanks for being with us. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about the opportunity to share what we've been doing. <clears throat> so let's do that. So what Can is doing right now is you're doing a number of things in terms of marketing. Number one, up-leveling brand ambassadors with smart targeted selling. Two, forecasting strategic outcomes and more with more completely, clearly empowering sales and marketing leadership to pivot towards the best revenue-driven driving initiatives. And then three, empowering their teams with visual merchandising and material distribution. Now, we talk a lot, of, a lot about branding, and, you know, it's something that just gets a, I mean, We were just, what was it, last week? I remember we had Chris Beal, CEO of WeBabs, we were recording for an upcoming episode of Plant Profits and the stressing of branding. And so that sounds like that's something that you're really trying to go ahead and get that point across in this case study. Talk to me about that, Sebastian. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's, uh, I think in cannabis now, we're looking at the burgeoning scene of brand recognition. I think coming from the legacy market and where it was pre-regulation or pre-legalization in states like California, basically across the United States and Canada, um, it was your flower, right? It was who's your guy, who's your person that brings you something. And there's no brand, it just kind of arrived. And that was it. Your brand was your delivery driver. Um, but now we've moved into the recreational spaces where you're leaving your home, you're going to a shop and you're looking at stuff and you're going, well, what do I want? And when you think about that, that's exactly how we buy almost anything else in the rest of our lives. And so this route inside cannabis to be able to cement your brand as the piece for a consumer to pick up is, is huge. And that comes for us specifically um, in two major categories. One 
It was getting enough people out there to not only showcase your brand, but to talk about it. Because again, brand story, we all think about why something exists, what it's about. That education is huge, specifically, again, in a new industry where no one has any understanding about what THC is compared to CBD or CBN or THCA. You know, the acronyms are enough to throw you off. Um, and then again, to actually visually represent yourself, be able to stand up and stand out um, on the shelf. And for us, that, that came in two real pieces, people um, and soft millennial pink. And those two really became quite a big feature of how we pitched up both in California, across the rest of the states. We're in about eight markets now um, and actually just launched in Canada, in Canada doing uh, the same tools. The data was what was most important from this case study, and that was a challenge that you had. You mentioned in this case study that, quote, we are taught that dynamic insights lie in the data. The data we collect inspires us to dive into more in-depth market research that determines how well how we sell to major demographics. Well, if you can tell me, what are some of the, really, how important is it that, is anyone right now, do you feel like there are some brands that have actually stood out that have been able to go ahead and answer that call? Or do you feel like we're still pretty early in because we don't have that opportunity to go ahead and have products in every state and that full distribution like alcohol or tobacco? Yeah, um, I think, I think it's early. I think it's very early. I think if you're flour, if you're pre-rolls, if you're edibles, if you're vapes, I think there's enough consumer pickup, enough consumer understanding that, you know, I'm just going to buy it and I'm just going to try it and I'm just going to keep doing it. If you're trying to create a new space, a new industry, take can, for example, in the beverage market, we don't really have that. Consumer interest wasn't really developed early on. It was much more of a, yeah, we'll just have it, but we're not going to actively sell it. And so there wasn't a lot of us information or, or you know, now or even data points to look at in order for us to progress. So we had to start building that ourselves. You know, in a previous life, before I started working in cannabis, I worked in Bev Alcohol. Um, and that life was completely dominated by data. You would literally walk in and be like, this is your demographic base. This is who's my demographic base. I know that on average, this amount of people walk through this place where you're stored. Therefore, buy my product and you will sell X amount of it. And I can almost guarantee that. But in cannabis, no one has that. No one is allowed to collect that data. And if they do, it's all held at the retail level. And so they treat that like gold because fundamentally it is, and it's a hyper-competitive landscape. Speaking again in the Canada, uh, the Canada market now, the amount of concentration of dispensaries in Ontario, it's mind-boggling. You can swing a stick on Queen Street and hit about 50. And so having the ability from a brand's perspective to understand who's buying your product, when they're buying it, and why they're buying it, allows us to be able to say, okay, well, I'm going to invest my resources, which are limited in these strategic outcomes or these strategic markets or these strategic places. And then you learn. And through our brand ambassador network, again, we were on the ground capturing those data points and we were bringing them back into the business and we are mining them and going, okay, well, where's the lesson here? What had a positive ROI? What netted out a bigger return than something else? And then from that, you double down on your strong points and you de-invest from your weaker ones. And that just continually hones and sharpens the stick that you get to poke yourself forward with. Now, a few episodes ago, I actually talked to Evan Sumner. 
he runs the Maine Growers Alliance, and he mentioned uh, really an issue that was going on with the state government there where they were trying to go ahead and implement legislation about really transparency of the data and really of all things see the sale tracking software that they wanted to go ahead and institute that metric was the only software to be allowed as part of uh, the process they needed to go ahead and be able to do proper oversight and transparency from the control board side to the dispensaries, the growers and the, and those companies that would take away everybody else that offers data. Like, I mean, and the thing also it's an over, it would be metric would probably outprice a lot of smaller growers and take them out of the picture. So it's that conundrum of what size MSO you are, or if you're just a single owner and you're running a mom and pop, then also it's the data that's being allowed by a government. And really it's that you have to be required to buy one data set. Meanwhile, you need another data set to get the information that you actually need. Yeah. Much like what you were using with Repsley, which is retail execution software, which is where this case study is put in. What do you say about the possibility that we might be limited on the amount of data we get because the governments might dictate what data we're allowed to have? I think the question when it comes to government regulation in the cannabis space is a difficult one. There's clearly this product is coming from an illicit space into the into the legal market. And so how much oversight they have in, in a free market um, is definitely there to be figured out. Um, I think the losers really fundamentally are the mom and pops. They're the individual contributors. They are the people who have probably been working with this plant in many different facets or many different ways for many years and have actually brought the needle forward far more than anyone else. But just because someone who worked in a hedge fund in New York has $50 million behind them yeah. can just walk in and all of a sudden set up and operate and pay the fees because what is $50,000 to me in this budget? Therefore, let me have it and let me play by these rules. And quite frankly, I think we need to have a little bit more respect for the, the, the smaller end of the equation and figure out a way that if you are an MSO that's walking in with the privilege that you have behind you, you're almost paying the bill for the people who don't have that access to that, to that income or to that outcome. Yep. And I think there's a lot of work to be able to make that play. But fundamentally, we can't just take with two hands when you're on that top end of the equation and leave nothing else for the rest. It's going to be a, a sad state of affairs in 10 years time where you basically only have your Walmarts selling your cannabis because that's just not what makes this plant and this industry so exciting. Let's go ahead and, go and talk about the product itself. We haven't had a chance to go ahead and look about that so far, but let's go ahead and talk about can and the social infused tonics. So yeah. micro infused, by the way, with cannabis intended as a healthier, more relaxing alternative to alcohol. Uh, the website is drink C a N N.com. Uh, of course, basic California and Los Angeles uh, real quickly, when you look at the market that you have, again, in this study, we're what, roughly 600 to 900 accounts in California alone that you're dealing with there, and single site operators who wear multiple hats to get this information. When you look at what's going on there and trying to go ahead and get this data while the state of California wants so much tax revenue and they're charging so much, the prices you have to go ahead and, uh, and accrue and you have to give back to the customer, unfortunately. I mean, 
Talk to me about the data sets and what they're telling you when it comes to working in such a volatile market as California, which is growing, is huge, but there's a lot of obstacles with it. It's a, where to start? It's a, it's a fascinating <laughs> question. I think cannabis is seen as the golden bullet that's going to solve a lot of financial issues for state legislatures, governments, federal even in some regards. I know that. Um, for many, really speaks to having a solid outcome when we come out of this pandemic. Yep. Um, but going back to your point here, for, for around us, I'll speak to two seconds on can and I'll get into how we play with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are a microdose cannabis beverage. For us, it's about giving the new to cannabis consumer the perfect introduction to this wonderful product and industry. And this happened to me. The first time I smoked Californian cannabis, George, it knocked my socks off, man. I was high for what felt like a week. I didn't know up from down, left from right. And it all came from a bud tender recommendation who was awesome. By the way, if you think dispensaries are not friendly, get inside. They're your best friends. You just don't know it yet. Right. But they recommended to me, yeah, smoke this. It's a Keith roll joint. It's absolutely beautiful. You know, it's going to feel this, this and that. And I was like, I don't know what any of that means, but you're good to me. So I'm going to have it. And it put me off and I was like, Lord, that was hard. That was a negative experience. And I think fundamentally it keeps a lot of people out of the game. And so what we're trying to do is say, hey, look, cannabis, yes, it's all these things you've seen on TV that you've heard in the news, but fundamentally we've put it in a beverage. We all do it. You and I, we're drinking water now. We have to do it to stay alive. We've boasted at an appropriate strength, which you already consume your alcohol in. You're not walking into a bar and getting five shots of Everclear. You're walking in and you're having a beer, you're having a glass of wine, you're having a gin and tonic. And it's all of those sessionable formats. And so that's what we've done is put two milligrams of THC, just enough to give you that experience. Therefore, as a new consumer or an early consumer, you have a positive context with cannabis that you can then build and grow from. We are the first step in the door. And using that to go and work with these smaller independents or these MSO operators and say, hey, Mm -hmm. folks, you have to pay high taxes. Your operating margins are tiny. You've got all these overheads. And, you know, you're at risk of everything every day, all the time. And so what you need to do is find new people to come into the space. So work with a brand like ours. Work with other microdose products that lower the barrier to trial. They get new consumers into the door, more consumers into the door, more people spending money, more people having positive experiences. They return. That lifetime value goes up. You've got more people spending, more people, more people, more people. And now all of a sudden, your margins get a little bit thicker. You have a little bit more of a boundary to play with. You have the ability to actually spend money on dare I say, lobbying the government for better legislation around the product that you work. Yes. And so these things are interchangeable and it is this new wave of brands and how they're looking at things like, where do I put my money? Who is the consumer? And that all comes down to the Repsley reports. It comes down to the brand ambassadors on the street who are collecting the data points for the people who are currently in the stores that help us go, great. You're from a different demographic. You're from a different region, but this speaks to you. So let me start talking to you in that tone of voice so that you can then come in and start spending your money and start having a positive experience with this particular retail or this particular product. And then net, net, we're all growing. We're all benefiting. And ultimately, we're all getting to a better place where cannabis is a bit more at home, less of this other. And fundamentally, dare I say, it's a real industry that's solving a lot of the woes in some form or another that America is experiencing. There we go.
All right, uh, Sebastian, let's go and wrap things up. Let's go again back to the product drinkcann.com. A lot of different great flavors in here. And looking it up, pulling back up over this cheat. So you have three year round flavors lemon, la, lemon, lemon, lavender, blood orange, and grapefruit rosemary, and seasonal flavors like ginger lemongrass for the spring, pineapple jalapeno for the summer, cranberry sage during the winter. And available in Canada, U.S. based dispensaries in California, Nevada, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Arizona, Illinois. And real quickly, uh, what else can you tell us about Canon? You know, the response to it. Uh, tell us more. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you a couple of stories from the early days, and I'll tell you some stories from the more recent ones. So when we, so as well as being a, a senior director who looks after the thing, I'm the first employee in Cannes. Um, had a lot of fun with them from the absolute uh, get go, and. In our early days, trying to tell someone to purchase a two milligram and four two milligrams of THC, four milligrams of CBD cannabis seltzer, the amount of people who, quite frankly, I'm not going to use bad language, but they used it in my direction, trying to tell them that this was the future in some way. Um, and what we really divested our attention was less talking about the cannabis and more talking about the ingredients. So the big thing for can is that we only use all natural ingredients. It's five ingredients, nothing more, nothing less. 100% fresh juice, 100% essential oil, organic agave, water, and cannabis extract. That is all. And fundamentally, it's about taste. When water is all you need, taste is absolutely everything. And so that's really one of the biggest things that Cam will forever talk about and forever push its agenda on, because really it has to be a delicious product for it to be something that people want to spend their money on. And that's what got us in the door in the first place. We had taste was our winning philosophy in the market at that time. Many more people like Artet, Wonder, some fantastic people coming into the space as well. And now when we get into the later years, when we've got all these other brands who are doing microdose beverages, who are looking at taste, who are starting to build this up, we've started to find that this is helping everyone. The more people that you have in the fridge, the more people that it looks like a, a category, um, and it allows us to stop only talking about one thing. It allows us to do fun things like work with Sunday School, an Asian-American and Pacific Islander-owned brand who we launched a yuzu elderflower flavor during the New Moon Festival. The New Moon Festival to me was a complete re-education. I had no idea about its cultural significance in the community, but that was the whole point. It was taking two different cultures, two different communities and overlapping them and saying, hey, there's some cool stuff on each other's pages. Right. Let's have a read and share it. Let's talk about it. And so it allows that kind of work to come to the fore and to use, again, this industry that everyone in some form or another has touched, but bring it into the light and start to share it. And so I'm excited about what we've done and I'm excited about the future. But fundamentally, if you haven't tried Can, as you say, www.drinkcan.com, check us out on the socials. We have a hell of a lot of fun with the celebrities that have worked with us. Um, but it's all about taste, new skews, new formats, new flavors. Um, and really, summer's when we have a lot of fun. So there's some good months coming up in front of us. Fantastic. So again, Senior Director at Can, Sebastian Richard, joining us here on Grassroots Marketing. Thanks for being on with us. Really appreciate it. No, thank you very much for the time. It was an absolute pleasure. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.